Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 67. I'm your host, Jeff Tharp. Uh, today is going to be a really, really important subject. Uh, all Everything we talk about is important, I would like to think, but uh, today's is going to be very, hopefully very educational for a lot of people. Uh, and I'm just going to let the episode speak for itself. My guests today are returning. They're friends of mine um, and they're prophets, authors. Uh, they've written a couple of books and they're also the founders of Fireside Grace. Let's give it up for my guests today, Robin and Brandy Cunningham. Hey guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey. I feel like so, I got pumped up. I'm ready yeah, to go. That's that's go the goal. Battle or something. Yeah, that's go. We're going. We're battling in the spirit, bro. We're gonna Sorry, straight up battle right. in the spirit. So you're oh, right on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for those that haven't seen the other episode we did with you guys, which was great, um, and I encourage everybody to go back and check it out. We'll put a link in the description, uh, so it'll be there later. It's not in there right now. Um, but why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you guys are? You go ahead and start. Okay. Well, we, like you said, our Fireside Grace Ministries, this was founded several years ago. The Lord gave me a vision of being in a library that was dim and it had really old furniture in it with a really large fireplace and the library and the fireplace went like up into the heavens. Mm. And Jesus was sitting on the floor with me drinking, you know, a cup of tea or something. And we were just sitting by the fire talking about difficult topics that was really necessary to talk about, but that really needed a lot of relationship and grace to get through transforming, becoming transformed in those difficult areas. So Fireside Grace really just represents us talking about difficult topics that, you know, some don't really want to address Mm -hmm. or bring up because Mm -hmm. they're messy but the Lord has given us the grace to get through talking about these things and help people walk to the other side of these issues. Mm, Yeah. And the thing I love about you guys is you guys come at it from such a, like an honest place. Um, I've never felt any kind of, well, that was a little judgy. Like when you guys talk about stuff, I think that's something that I can really commend you guys for is that you do come at it from an obvious place of compassion. Um, And so, yeah, well done. Well done, you guys. Thank you. That's Thank you Brandy so does awesome. that. Um, I, she has to remind me sometimes to be more compassionate, but we really try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I, I think that's like a part of marriage is yeah. like having one person. There's, well, there's always one person. It could be one thing or the other. There's always one person who's better at it than the other person. And so it's like, you know, iron sharpens iron. So that's right. Yes. And Robin tells me when I'm being too compassionate. So there you go. You guys are a good, a good team then. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So today um, is going to be all about kind of the who, what, when, where, why, how of Jezebel uh, basically. Um, So let's just jump right into it. Um, And I don't know whoever wants to start, but what, you know, we hear a lot of people throw to, oh, they're a, a, they have a Jezebel spirit. I think they have a Jezebel spirit. Oh, Jezebel this, Jezebel that. What is a Jezebel spirit for those that maybe have heard too much and it's not, and it's kind of intermixed with what actually is. And then those that are hearing this for the first time, what is a Jezebel spirit? Right. So 
when we hear the Jezebel spirit, most of the time what we hear in the church or in the body of Christ is somebody talks about Jezebel and we hear Revelation where Jezebel was um, a false prophet who was leading people into sexual immorality. Or we have the Old Testament and I think it's First Kings where Jezebel is a manipulator, does things behind the scenes, lies and all this other stuff. Uh, but to break it down, the simplest way to answer what is a Jezebel spirit is that it's a spirit of manipulation and control. And we see this, this spirit operated before Jezebel. The spirit didn't just come from her. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So mm -hmm. she was a human being and she was demonically influenced. So it's the demonic influence, the traits and characteristics that make up the Jezebel spirit because Delilah operated in this as well and that was Samson. yeah that's a good point yeah so what happened in the, the story of kings so we know in uh when you read first kings you read about elijah and how he had to deal with uh the with jezebel of the time and some of the stuff is we see that it's a spirit spirit of manipulation and control in that when ahab who was supposed to be a ruler. Ahab actually means uncle in uh interesting. So it's weird that his name was Uncle, right? It's like, yo, Uncle, what up? What up, Unc? Yeah. That's just <laughs> his name. That's like how people just address him. Oh, Uncle. Not even father, right? Yeah. It's interesting because Jezebel, the name means where is my prince? Huh. And showing that there's an absence of a leader. And uh, or where is my king? And the name Baal or Baal, however you want to say it, Jezza mm -hmm. Baal, uh, actually means uh, Lord. So it could say, mm. who's my Lord, essentially. Mm. So there's a lack of submission to authority, but it, it would appear in a sense of, of trying to come under authority, but usurping authority. Yeah. So in the, the book of First Kings, Elijah has to deal with Jezebel. It starts out telling the story right off the bat of Ahab sees a vineyard that he wants, right? And he tells the, the guy, I believe his name was Naboth, hey, I want your vineyard. I'll buy it from you. How much? And he's like, I'm not going to give this to you. First of all, the audacity to look a king in the eye and say, so, you know, and say, I'm not going to sell this to you. It's been in my family for, for so long. Um, I can't give it to you, not in any good conscience, right? And so what does Ahab do? He goes home. He starts to, he literally starts to cry and mourn and won't eat. And Jezebel comes up and she's like, uh, what are you doing, you little wimp? Like, mm -hmm. why are you over here blubbering? And he explains the story and she goes, are you not the king of Israel? Like, you're going to let him talk to you like that? And then she says, this is where the control and manipulation comes in. She says, you know what? Don't worry about it, hon. I'll take care of it for you. And what does she go to do? She hires people to lie, to assail the character, to come up with false charges against someone. And she, who is not religious in, in uh, Hebrew law, uses the Hebrew law against Naboth, takes him to the town council, hires people to lie about him, and then they have him stoned according to the law. Because hmm. she manipulated that law, usurped authority from the king, and then said, I had this taken care of. Don't worry about it. I've mm -hmm. got this all set. So that's essentially the the first story of Jezebel in a nutshell. So you go ahead. Yeah. So whenever we do word studies, we like to 
break it down into what is the Hebraic or Greek um, spelling of her name and then get her identity and what she was truly supposed to represent and what her calling truly was from that. So I'm going to leave this part to you, Robin. It's, this is. Okay. So, and then it goes on to the next page. I was thinking about this, but I wasn't going to like actually read it. Uh, So Jezebel, when you read it in Hebrew is actually the word Isabel, uh, which that's not the name Isabel. Like it doesn't mean the same thing in Italian as it does in Hebrew. If so anybody what, named Isabel, please don't be like, oh, no. <laughs> don't get me wrong, okay? But, but everyone has a redeemed quality, and so did Jezebel. Mm. Right, and so one thing that I've noticed, and this is a this is a fun teaching opportunity for me, is that in the Hebrew words, there's usually a testimony of Jesus, or if you go through the Hebraic letters and you look at the original Proto-Hebraic letters, that are very similar to Proto-Egyptian and Proto-Sumerian, meaning that it's like the original pictograph version of the letters, you see that there's basically a story that gets told with every word and mm. every name and yeah. so forth. Now, Jezebel's name is spelled, and I might pronounce these letters wrong. because Just I bro, just fully Hebrew. commit. Just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's spelled Aleph, Yud, Zayin, Vait, Vait, and Lamed. Okay, so that would basically be A Y Z B L, but it's pronounced Jezebel. Okay, so the original pictograph. I'm struggling to turn this page with my little fat sausage fingers. <laughs> it's a thick page. Okay, thank you. Yeah. The original pictograph of the Aleph, which is the first letter of her name, is a bull's head, and so this letter represents power, strength, ox chief, or the ruler. So we already see right, right from the beginning there is an authority a leadership uh, that she's supposed to have in her life. So when Aleph is used at the beginning of a Hebrew word, it can also represent the singular future tense saying, I will do something, or it is my will. So it's I will. Um, Then the next letter, Yud, is the original pictograph, which is a closed hand. And this letter represents uh, hands that go to work to throw something, divine order, blessing, judgment. or a portion or tithe, okay? So we have an idea here that she can bring judgment, she can bring blessing, she can bring cursing, um, or she can bring divine order, you know, bring bring things in unity. So there's always a positive and a negative of everything. Um, there's not, there's a lot of things in, in the kingdom that are gray because God has mercy and grace, right? Mm-hmm. And so kind of like when we're interpreting dreams, Dream elements or dream symbols will have a positive connotation and a negative connotation based on the context in which they're used in the dreams. That's correct. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm in straight teacher mode right now. Bro. Hearing my voice. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. Um, so we have the the U. The next letter is the word. Uh, the letter is Zayin, which is a plowshare, a plowshare, sword, or an arm. And this letter represents the idea of to adorn, to cut off, to cut to feed, to complete, or wholeness, right? Then the next letter is Beit, B-E-I-T, which is the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet also, which can represent blessing or cursing, judgment, witness, testimony. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it represents the house, a family, to divide or oppose, to judge or discern, and sons and daughters. Now, the last one, and then we'll, I'll, I'll read back to you what it, when I read these um, definitions of each of the letters of what the symbols represent and the story we get from it. 
The last one is the original pictograph of Lamed, which is a shepherd's hook or a staff. And so again, this is going to represent leadership. Think mm -hmm. of the, the shepherd as the leader, the protector. Right. They use their staff to fight off wolves. You know, they use their staff to, uh, to lift up um, lambs out of a pit that have fallen, stuff like that. Or they, they can be a weapon of self-defense, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so the Lamed can represent leadership, perfect government, order, teaching, learning, protection to goad someone into something, meaning you're, you're trying to entice them to do something, uh, to yoke or to bind. So it can be a yoking together or in a binding together. And so when we read these back, if you take the meanings of these and you basically just simplify it down to uh, what would this be if I wrote it out as a story? Because obviously, you know, saying leadership, perfect government, order teaching is not going to make sense to you. So you have to pray and hear Holy Spirit. Yeah. But Jezebel's story and identity that's revealed in her name, and you can do this with anybody's name if you write it out in the Hebrew letters. Mm. It says, to be born to be a leader and a ruler. She was meant to bring divine order or blessing, but when not operating in her purest calling, she operates with a closed fist and brings judgment. She can usher in peace or war and operates in a double portion of strength. She raises family that either break the yoke of oppression or oppresses the witness. Mm, see, and this is why they always say that it's easier to translate Greek than it is Hebrew because <laughs> of reasons like this. And it's, it's um, so if somebody wanted to go do a word study like this, just to kind of sidestep really quick, how would they go about, do they just, do you just look up ancient Hebrew? Like how, what, what would be the best way to do that? That is literally what I do. Um, I go to Google and I will type in ancient Hebrew Lamed. And there's actually a website that's like ancienthebrew.org or something like that, where they give you an understanding of what the original pictograph meaning is. And there's also another website that I like to use called Grace and Torah that helped me to uh, to understand the meaning of numbers and so forth. Or you can look up the gematria also, which is the, what numbers mean in the he Hebrew language. But Grace and Torah, I'll type in Grace and Torah 1 through 10 or 11 through 30. And that will give you a list of what the numbers mean from a Hebraic standpoint as well, which gives you a little bit extra on top of that. Because mm, wouldn't you say, you guys, that a lot of a lot of um, stuff gets really lost in translation with, you know, if you're if you know Hebrew and you're reading it like the, it's totally different than like the way we are, where they translate into English. Some of that stuff gets lost in translation. That's why word studying is so important. Absolutely. I will yeah. tell you, we don't use anything else. Like, you know, a lot of our members ask us, what do you guys use for your Bible studies? Like what version of the Bible? We only use the Hebrew Greek. Mm. And the Strong's Concordance, Strong's. exhaustive concordance. Because then there's no in-between to figure out. Yeah. I will tell you also, since we're on the side note, that I teach every month on the new Hebraic month and what you know, we could go through for war, what blessings could come to us just to help people know where we're at in the, in the Hebraic time and seasons. Awesome. And it's amazing to me because I can just take the word of the month and do a Bible study on it. And also just 
do exactly what he just did and break down each letter of the Hebraic mm-hmm. month that we're going into. And I always tell everyone, you don't have to be prophetic to do that. Yeah. Like I can literally tell you what's going to happen the entire month. And it's not because I'm prophetic. It's because I just took the time to sit down and read. So mm. anyone can do that. It's tangible. There you go, guys. Any of you guys, that's a great place to start. I would say, you know, it's just start breaking down scripture, uh, you know, while looking at the original Hebrew. I think that's, you know, that's a, that's a great way. I think uh, so many people I know that do that. They're like, man, scripture just opens up. Like, it's yeah. just like, whoa, like you realize like how deep, I mean, we know it's deep. You can read the same passage 300 times and, and the Lord could speak something new to you, but cause it's alive, but, but that realizing like how deep it is, um, is so cool. So cool. Okay. So, uh, let's get back to Jezebel. I didn't mean to derail you too much. You guys, I apologize. You didn't. Okay. Trust me. I think it's a great thing. Yeah. I do rabbit trails. So if we can keep me honed in on, off of a rabbit trail, which is exactly what you did. So yeah. <laughs> I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next year. <laughs> okay. So obviously Jezebel's name, when you look at it, it does, there is an aspect where you can see that there was some measure of a call to leadership that she, you know, that maybe is something that God had put in her as something that could have been used for good, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you even just look at the story of her with Ahab, being with Ahab, if he was walking, Ahab's spirit is a whole nother topic and a whole nother lesson. Mm -hmm. But if he was walking in his calling and would have set boundaries and said, you know, I operate in righteousness. I just believe that if the Lord wants me to have this, then I'll have it, you know, and it will be that way, period instead of allowing her to go oh poor you let's figure out how we can get this in our power Mm -hmm. um if he would have set clear boundaries with her it would have actually helped i mean i would like to think it would have helped her actually walk in her identity robin did a teaching last night last night on boundaries and i think that's why it's so important for us to have boundaries with each other because when we actually operate in the boundaries that god has given us And sometimes people just need a little encouragement to go, hey, I see that you're you're trying to obtain this by doing it this way. Why don't you try this way instead? And a lot of people do what we do out of habit from what we're brought up in and Mm -hmm. what we've seen and don't know that we're operating in a Jezebelic tendency. But if that is corrected by those in leadership over us in a gentle way, we can be completely set free of it Mm, and operate in that strong, you know, beautiful, powerful, influential, the leader of the flock and protector instead of predator um, that, you know, she became. Yeah. So is it typically it, it, obviously when you hear people say Jezebel, it's always in reference to a female. Is it something that's unique to females or does it look different? Like, it does it does you know because if you look at the the dynamic between jezebel and ahab king ahab it's a very passive kind of almost beta male kind of like uh posture on his part was he subject to the jezebel spirit as well as her i mean we call it jezebel spirit is that just like a nickname or is that like what 
take everything I just said and just pick it apart. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Okay. So I think Robin has something to say too. So yeah. I'll make mine quick. But a Jezebelic spirit can operate in a male or a female or influence a male or a female. Okay. So even if someone that you see you think is operating in a Jezebelic spirit, it doesn't mean that they're a Jezebel and it doesn't give you a right to name call. Mm. Um so and I say that with love and grace, but also like we need to be aware of what we're doing and how mm. we're harming others in the body. A little of bit more mature with way. the way that we're throwing that name around. Yes. It's very yeah. serious. It's not something that you just label someone with mm. because when you do it can make them walk away forever from Christ. So it's just something we need to be very sober about. Um, so it can operate it just like any demon, you know, can operate in influencing or through a male or a female. Like you said, Ahab really set himself up to be open to ha- bringing in a, um, someone that has Jezebelic tendencies in his mm-hmm. life. Because he was just playing the pity party and he needed a rescuer. So if you see people in the rescue victim predator cycle, anyone really operating in that is operating under the influence or in possession of a Jezebelic spirit. I don't know which one. It just depends on the situation. Yeah. Right. And, And there are instances where people just don't realize that we're, they're operating in it. And now operating in a Jezebelic, I wouldn't say in the Jezebel spirit, but operating in the Jezebelic tendencies is what we were are trying to identify in expel the Jezebel in me, because there are traits that we operate in that would give that Jezebelic spirit power in in our life in some capacity, because we're not being just. To say it in easy ways, as Christians, we're supposed to be more aggressive than we are, not as passive as we are. Assertive. Assertive. That's probably a better word. Um, But we have a tendency in the body of Christ. I'm not saying this is everybody, but, you know, sometimes we just don't confront things that actually need to be confronted and we let it go by. And rather than uh, saying it straightforward, we'll do things like make passive aggressive comments. Okay. And stuff like that. And that so Brandy has a list, I believe, of of different traits that we can look for. And we have some share uh stories we can share um to real to life kind examples. Of, yeah. Real life so, examples. Yeah, go I'll go for it. So I just want to clarify for everyone listening. You know, we talk about in the Christian community generational curses. Mm-hmm. So people can be influenced by demonic forces through generational curses but then you have things like uh addictions which some are generational but some i believe that a generational curse can actually cause habits to form because it's influencing you to do something over and over and over and then that thing becomes part of your life it just becomes a habit now just because you have a habit doesn't mean jesus hasn't set you free of the spirit behind it is that clear yeah absolutely so i believe that once we have been demonically influenced for so long 
we get strongholds that become behavioral patterns mm -hmm. that need to be reframed, reshaped, torn down and replaced with something healthy. So there's two yeah. different parts to the Jezebelic spirit. There's being influenced demonically, but we know that Jesus became the curse so that we didn't have to have curses anymore. So once we get set free, then instead of saying, oh, that person is still operating in this, why don't we come alongside of each other and go, this is what this looks like and feels like to me when you do this. How can we tear this pattern down in your life and build up a new one, which okay. typically I don't want to sound judgmental, but from personal experience, that's where pastors that are not really committed to pastoring go, you know, you're a Jezebel and I'm going to kick you out of my church. Mm. Yeah. Cause I mean, the goal, the ultimate goal is redemption. That's right. Obviously. So I, I think like most everybody would, would agree that we've seen, we've seen, uh, unfortunately give them both barrels, get out of here, bam, you know, like, and then just like, don't, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And I think that, mm -hmm. um, I mean, from what you guys are saying, it does sound like we kind of need to shift gears a little bit because ultimately like th this person should be set free, right? They should be set free. And that's why, if you don't mind me mentioning the book. Please, uh, I don't mind at all. So that's why we wrote this book called Expel the Jezebel in Me. First of all, we know that Jezebel is running rampant in our nation. I mean, that's clear when you just go to the mall and you see it. Um, you know, just walk out your front door, basically, or turn the news on or whatever, and you see it. But I personally got a righteous indignation with inside of me from hearing people ask us as leaders all the time, how can we deal with Jezebel in our nation when they weren't willing or didn't now they either weren't willing or they didn't have the leadership that was committed enough to sit down and work through it in us because the changing the nation starts with changing me and you. Mm. And we have to be open and honest enough with ourselves to deal with this or our nation won't change. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we wrote this is to give each of you and ourselves a tool. So like, let's say a pastor is listening or a small group leader or just anyone that you have influence over some type mm -hmm. of leader. And they see these traits. First of all, I don't personally allow anyone to take someone through the book until you've gone through it yourself, because each one of us, have been affected by this in some type of way. Interesting. Um, even yeah. if it's just one of the days out of the 30 day devotional that we do. So the days yeah. are set up in the book, such as here's a verse, here's the trait, here's a verse that goes with it. Um, here's what the trait looks like manifested in real life. It's tangible. You can understand what I'm saying. And then here's a prayer of, of release and deliverance from mm -hmm. this and asking the Lord to invite in you a new stronghold in him mm. um, and new ways to operate in him. So what I created this book for was for each of us personally to get set free, but then to start taking the land back by saying, instead of a pastor going, get out of here, you're operating in witchcraft or Jezebel or whatever, this gives them a tool so that they don't have any more excuses to go okay, I'm going to work through this book with you. You know, my, my past wasn't perfect either. 
And I really want to see you thrive and be successful in your life. And I believe that this is the book that it's going to take. So it's more like a discipleship book as well for leaders once they've gone through it themselves. Yeah. And so this isn't, and if I'm understanding this correctly, it's not that you guys are saying every single one of you is a Jezebel, because obviously it's not what you're saying, but it's just that this is a very pervasive spirit within our culture and everybody's kind of come under the influence of it in some fashion or another. And that this devotional is going to help you identify those things, cut them off, be set free. And right? help others. Yeah. yeah. And it gives yeah. you authority over that spirit. It's like when we are, let's say you're going to cast out a devil, right? And someone's, someone's like, I feel like I'm demonically possessed and I've got to get this this uh, you know, spirit of alcoholism or something like that out, right? Mm -hmm. And you're trying to cast out that spirit of alcohol when you're getting drunk every night. You know what I'm saying? You're not gonna have, you're not gonna be able to operate in that same authority. They're gonna laugh at you. The and, demon's gonna laugh at you, like right. The demon's gonna laugh at you. You're and trying to get rid of me. I've mm -hmm. seen where people have tried to cast out demons, and they're in outright unrepentant sin. And then that devil starts to expose all of their sin. Mm. Well, if we have control over these things, if we're able to identify these traits and get it under control, it's really going to help us to be able to walk in the authority that we have been given by Jesus Christ yeah, in a closer, proximal, relational way on, in that secret place, which is right under the wings of God. It's as close as you can be to him, that secret place, right? That's where we want to be operating in that level of authority. And so when we ex we expose the traits and conquer them in our lives, it's going to allow us to come into that place of close relationship and authority, which comes from the mouth of God and the word of God. Mm. And it's going to allow us to be able to be truly partakers of the divine nature mm. more in our lives, mm. because we'll start to notice something when someone says, Here's, this is a joke, okay? But someone would ask if, you know, let's say years ago before I was a Christian, someone would ask me, hey, do you want to help me move? I'm like, well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure, I want to help you move. And then the day would come, and again, this is before I was a Christian, and I'd say, well, uh, something came up. I'm going to have to stay home and not help you, but, you know, in a in a, yeah. <laughs> a, a roundabout way. Uh -huh. Now, if someone asks me, will you help me move? And I will go help them. But oh, 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 you forgot the in-between. I joke and say, sure, I would love to not help you move. I will not see you there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, well, but... <laughs> before you were a Christian, you were like, yes. And then you were like miserable doing it or you just didn't show up. But now, but then you transition to being like the honest Christian. No, I don't want to help you and I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. And now he's like, I'll help you move. I'll help you because <laughs> we're called to be servants. I have to go. Way to go, Robin. Way to I go. Know. Way to it's go. Like, the story goes, you know, this mom's telling her kids, sit down. Don't stand on the chair. Don't stand on the chair. Don't stand on a chair. Finally, she sits him down in the chair and he looks at her dead in the eyes and goes, I may be sitting in this chair, but I am standing on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> and we get to that point where that was me for a little while where I was being obedient, but I wasn't submitted. Mm. And so submission will help us. Submitting to God will help us. Mm -hmm. So to get back on track, yeah. um, because that's my job, I want to 
just address anyone that's listening that may be thinking, how do I know if this is something that I need to work through or that this is for me or that if this is affecting you? Because it's also twofold. You Well, it's threefold. You could be impacted by a demonic Jezebelic spirit. You could be operating in a tendency from a stronghold, or you could be submitted under someone operating in a, in operating being demonically influenced or in a stronghold of the spirit of Jezebel. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask is, is exactly what you brought up just to kind of put a stake in the ground is, is how, how do people know, like, how do you identify this, whether it's you that's operating in this or you're being subject to it? I think it's a really important because people need something to grab a hold of. And yeah, so go for it. Okay, great. So I encourage everyone to first, up, first of all, look at Psalm 139 verses 23 through 24. Mm. And just make this the cry of your heart. When I was first accused of this, Everything that was being said about me at the time, not everything, the majority of what was being said about me at the time was not true. However, I made this the cry of my heart. And I said, God, if there's anything relatively close, search my heart and show me and get rid of it. And Mm -hmm. that's what this was birthed from. Mm -hmm. However, my pastor decided not to walk through it with me. So um, I'm going to read this verse again at Psalm 139, 23 through 24. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of the everlasting. Mm. Now, something else that the operating in a, under a Jezebelic influence can do is block you from receiving the abundance and treasures of relationships that the Lord wants to give you fulfilling relationships. So if you find yourself not having satisfying relationships, then this is also for you. So I, because I'm a nurse, a lot of, you know, I'm an RN a lot. So I call these signs and symptoms that you're operating in a Jezebelic spirit. And then I'll go through signs and symptoms of being under a Jezebelic spirit. Mm-hmm. So, um, you may manipulate issues for your benefit or exaggerate. So if someone caught a fish, your fish was an ounce larger. Or a pound and six inches. Or from this to this, <laughs> you know. One time I caught a 54-pound magic carp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I caught a shark. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, guilty. Making things happen in your own power. Obviously, we already talked about that. That can be from a little tiny white lie all the way to, you know, bold face lying. Yeah. Manipulating others to join you to accomplish your own agenda. So I used to be the world's worst. Um, I had, for some reason, every single job I ever had, everyone thought that I was like, I was this leader of this pack that I never created, but everyone had to come to me because I would fight for their issues to get fixed. I was a bad rescuer. Mm. Um, So that could look like this too, where, you know, it looks like, okay, I'm going to change the company. Um, 
which also has a redeeming quality of when I became a compliance officer. So I got to change it for righteousness, but I had to be redeemed and go from, I'm going to fix all your problems and get everyone behind me to, I'm really going to set things straight. And if you don't follow in compliance, then you're the problem. Okay. Um, retaliating when rejected. So if you get a word, like, mm. let's say you're learning how to prophesy and your leader says, that was really great, but this is, that was maybe your flesh. Let's talk about why. And then you just go into self-defense mode or a pity party or anything that you negatively respond to when you experience a rejection that is not intended to be rejection. YouTube banning parties where you ban a bunch of people who leave rude comments. <laughs> <laughs> getting convicted over here. Wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't ban people uh, typically. Being overly spiritual and religious with everything. Religious in a sense of it's more workspace than intimacy based. Mm. Isolating and pitting people against each other, saying this person said that, etc. Being self-defensive and redirecting accusations towards others, shifting blame from yourself. Well, blame shifting can just go for i guess to be spoken for itself i don't really need to explain that it's Uh, like when somebody says hey uh you know so and so pointed out that you did this and then you come back with oh yeah well so and so did this and we've seen Mm -hmm. even as children i mean how many times did my brother do something uh and then i get in trouble for something i did and i'm like oh yeah well, he stole yeah. your beer yesterday. So yeah. mommy said I could. Yeah, if I'm going down, you're going down with me. That right. kind of thing. I'm taking yeah. it all everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, playing the victim. And yeah, I'm just gonna leave that. Never accepting or rarely accepting responsibility for your own actions, but everyone else is causing you to feel this way. Mm. That's big if you have a toddler. So that sounds a little bit like narcissism in, in some, some ways where it's like somebody had a great comment that maybe is a good place to interject it in here is, is the narcissistic, narcissistic spirit, one version of the Jezebel spirit, or are they different spirits of similarities? I think they work together. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. They're different spirits uh, or different demons, but they're best friends. (laughs) So the way things work in the demonic realm is that there is one principality, uh, power, authority. There's that one head honcho that's the higher up, kind of like the vice president to the president, right? And then the president is going to be Satan. And then he has minions that go down in ranking like that. So you have the one spirit who's the Jezebel spirit that's primarily in control. Then under her will be a bunch of, or under it, um, and actually, she is in subjection to bail. Right. There will be several different spirits working to do the same thing. It's interesting that you say that because even in First and Second Kings, um, didn't Jezebel, she had like eunuchs and things like that. She had like people that like certain. And so if you do see somebody that does, you know, is like full blown committed to like allegiance with the Jezebel spirit, they'll have minions and like for a better term they have like a you know a, people that are kind of their um their go-tos yeah yeah and this are you okay if i ruffle feathers 
Please so, ruffle away. <laughs> there's a lot of movement. So you have to be really careful with jumping on a bandwagon of any type of movement that's out there today because a lot of movements are birthed out of offense to accomplish something in their own timing in their own power that's what this looks like mm, yes help elijah fire continue to make an impact around the world all donations go toward making elijah fire and the elijah fire podcast possible visit elijahfire.com donate and become a partner today like Give me some examples. Say it. <laughs> I don't know that you want me to do that. Okay. Well, it's up to you. But I think, <laughs> I think, I mean, people know it when they see it. I think if, if you're, if you are in a healthy place with the Lord and you see these things, you, a lot of times you can know them when you see them. Okay. So. Let me give you, let me give you a more narrowed down example without mm-hmm. calling names. For example, You have an issue where someone becomes offended by something that's being done at the church that you're going to. And instead of talking to the pastor and dealing with an issue, like a church that I went to for 10 years, there were several people that left the church because the pastor built a pool in her backyard um, for baptisms and things like that. But also her family enjoyed it. She enjoyed it, you know, and they were just so frustrated about that. But they actually left the church without ever speaking to her. But actually, there was someone who came to her, a couple of different people who said, the Lord has told me to invest in this project and I am to give you money specifically to do this. And she didn't pull money from people's ties to do it, you know, but no one ever took the time to ask her. So people got offended and left. And whenever you get offended usually there's chitter chatter about it uh-huh. and you find your like-minded friends yep and or church splits happen and i'm telling you i don't go to churches unless god really tells me to go bring healing i don't go to churches that were birthed out of an offense hmm. i just because if they broke off from another church like even if they're doc even if it's about doctrine if you did not end something well don't start something new because hmm. you reap what you sow yeah so if you're getting your friends together over an offense, that is a big sign that you're walking in a Jezebelic spirit because Jezebel did not properly confront. She took control of a situation because she was afraid of what a true conversation would look like because it might mean him saying no. Yeah. So, okay. What if it's uh, kind of a reverse situation where like you left the church or got kicked out of a church because the pastor was actually the one that was operating in this and had some weird beef with you. I've seen this before, this mm-hmm. weird beef with somebody who was like n- made no efforts. They just felt threatened by them. And then all of, all of a sudden would just target them and would keep um, all kinds of like, they were really manipulative. The pastor was really manipulative and you leave in that. And you're like, we just want a church. We just want a church. All these people, we just want church. So, that obviously, to, I would look at that and I would go, that's kind of a different situation. It is, but it's not. Okay. At the same time. So I'm talking the whole time. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, but what I would do is just follow the same Matthew 18 process. You address them privately, one on one. Yeah. And then if that doesn't solve the issue, because a lot of times when someone is confronted, 
their their intentions are not evil. I mean, the majority of the time, they're not evil. Mm -hmm. And if they are, then it really needs to be confronted anyway. So, So then if that doesn't work, you take a witness with you. And if that doesn't work, you go to their leadership. And if that doesn't work, then they can get exposed and it became made public. But mm-hmm. that that's between them and the Lord, you sure. and the Lord, their leadership yeah. at that point, because you've submitted the issue to their leadership. Yeah. Lots of takes on that verse. That's our take. So mm-hmm. I would still confront it. And then if they choose not to change, you do have a decision to make about, you know, about going somewhere else or see if the Lord has you to, in intercession to love them through it. It depends on what the Lord calls you to do in that situation. But since you said that, I'm going to go ahead and go into some signs that you're being targeted by a Jezebel spirit or that you're sitting under one. Yeah. Um, Is that okay? Please. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, So constantly, and and these are our responses to sitting under someone operating in this. Right. We have irrational fears. Like, man, I, I messed up when I said that and you're laying in bed at night and you're like, I can't believe I said that to her. I wonder if she, she or he or she took it this way when I really meant it this way. Just mm-hmm. irrational fears. Like, are they looking at me in worship? And, you know, things that just don't really make sense. Um, there's a lot of confusion and distrust in the group. Sickness and infirmity is common. And it repeats itself over and over and over. If you are finding yourself being sick or having infirmity attacks over and over and over, and it's not because you're being irresponsible. It's that, you know, we actually see an example of that in the book of Revelation. Jesus is addressing the Jezebel spirit. And the reason that he's talking to the seven churches is why why didn't he, he said, take the, take this and tell the churches told john to tell them that why the churches weren't listening Mm. so jesus said jezebel who's been leading my people to practice the evils that uh balaam was leading the israelite people to do uh leading them into sexual immorality and eating food sacrificed to other gods he said if get away from her i won't tolerate it and if you stay with her i will cast was i will cast her and her children into a sick bed and anybody who lays with them. So that's one of the things if that you, if you come under that. And that's the consequence. The last part of that verse he just shared said, if it's not confronted. Yeah. If you don't deal with this spirit. And that's why it's very important that you approach the person. If you have authority to speak into their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it also says in Revelation chapter two that he, he says, all of you that have been listened to come out of agreement with this or something like that, uh, which I think is another important aspect of like the whole Jezebel thing as well, right? Is coming, you have to come out of agreement with it. I mean, just like with any demonic spirit, you have to choose to come out of agreement with it, right? Yes, because it just wants you to, it wants to draw you in and it wants you to banter back and forth to protect yourself, to guard yourself, to make yourself look good. You know, as well as we do, that anyone that's in ministry, they get attacks all the time, mm-hmm. you know, if they're making a difference for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to pull you in so that you mess up your character by your response mm. and you misrepresent God. But we have to come out of agreement with what they're saying. 
and say, we're not going to play your games, but we bless you mightily. And we can't wait to see you operating in the fullness that Christ has for you. We come out of agreement with that. If you are in what was hard for me, if you are in a situation where you recognize that your leadership may be operating in this for the first time, God's going to have to deal with your heart. And is this, is this something that God's dealing with the leadership on, or is it something that they're set in their ways and they're not planning to change minus a miracle from God, Mm. then you have to start looking at who you're subjecting yourself under because we carry a lot of the blessings or not that our leadership does because we're choosing to align with them and what falls down on them falls down on us. So we Mm -hmm. need to be very careful about our alignment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So um, some forms of perversion attempt to access your life dreams or thoughts. So a lot of Jezebelic spirit can be um, twisting things. A lot of people just think straight up perversion, Mm -hmm. um, but perversion actually means to be twisted. So if you're talking to someone and every time that you get in conversation with them, what you say, they twist what you say, or you just can't seem to communicate what you're trying to communicate. That's That's a great point. Mm -hmm. Your words will get fumbled and twisted. Like I'll try to say something and I can typically tell when somebody's operating some kind of confusion or twisting mentality because I'll try and say something and my words will get jumbled and I'll start to say like, Oh, you know, out in the garage or, or, or whatever that thing is out there, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then I have to think about, Oh, the garage or, you know, I go to say something and I can't get the word out. That is a, that's a pretty big indicator because that's something that doesn't normally happen to me. And being on um, an empathic level, um i can be more influenced by that so i i'm able to uh acknowledge that this is going on and if it's something that you don't typically stumble over your words but when this person comes around these things start to happen yeah then you can know hey this is something that's affecting their life yeah and i'm definitely the same way robin i think um there was like this I, I mean, I think a lot of people have had experiences like that. Like, but for me, it's I'm especially when I'm in a store, I'm very aware. It's like almost everything gets cranked up, like way more intense. And I could feel people looking at me from far away. Like there was this store that I used to go to, um, on my way home from work. And, um, there was a, a, a young woman there and way on the other side of the, I could feel her look. I looked up and I just felt in my spirit, like the Lord was like, stay away from her. Like don't even. And I think that there's, um, it, maybe it just depends on the situation, but it does seem like don't try and be a hero, like use discernment. You know, when you're supposed to engage against something, you're going to know. And I think that n- not being like, all I knew is I was going to listen to the Lord, like stay away from this girl. She's bad news. Like it, just that it's not my, someone else, maybe God had somebody else that was going to be directed to her path that was better suited to deal with whatever she had on her. But it was very much that where it's like, I could identify it right away as what you're describing as very, I wouldn't say she was a full blown Jezebel, you know, or anything like that, but definitely I could feel that off of her. And I was like, I'm not even, I'm not even going to deal with this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, it's about using wisdom and knowing what authority we have in someone's life because you have zero authority over her life. So I think that's a wise move 
Um, you know, but yeah, so I'm going to, since we may be coming up on, uh, we can go a little bit more. I think there's, okay. there's so much to talk about. So don't, don't worry about it. We'll just kind of, we'll go for it. Okay. okay thank you. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be respectful too. So just like, I appreciate know. it, but um, stick around everybody. <laughs> so then I am going to comment on what you said a little further. Yeah. You know, in Isaiah, we're told, and in multiple places in the New Testament, we're told to lay hands on the sick and to cast demons out and set people mm-hmm. free. So I firmly believe that you could just walk by her and because of your shadow, I mean, it. however far the Lord tells you to go, of course, but, and your shadow could set her free. Mm-hmm. You could set her free from uh, operating in a spirit of Jezebel. Mm-hmm. But it's the Lord's job then at that point to deal with the stronghold of the Jezebelic tendencies that she's developed because yeah. of that. Okay. So a lot of people that are operating in the Jezebelic spirit, honestly, are codependent and don't understand how to get their needs met in a relationship in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And they're hurting and they're in pain. And that's why they want attention. And that's why they exaggerate because they want you to appreciate them, accept where they're coming from and be honored for the things that they've done or whatever, or they just want you to listen to them. Like, Mm. like they're a human that has a voice that matters. So when we see someone operating in this, one of the biggest, especially if you don't have a voice in their life, one of the biggest ways that you can help bring them freedom is to ask the Lord, how can I meet one of their needs in a healthy way? For example, I could say, like, let's say Robin's just crying. Oh, I, I have such a headache today. I have such a headache okay. today. Like, you know, <laughs> trying to get attention from me, which he doesn't do, but I'm just exampling. But if um, he did, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a new word. I would be much more dramatic than that. I'd be like, oh, I'm dying. Typical guy. He said it, not me, but Typical that's guy true. with the wife. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> and especially as a nurse, I'm like, men. So... <laughs> I will tell you this as a nurse, I never had a female ask for a bandaid after a blood draw, but even after the blood stopped bleeding, all the men wanted band-aids and I'm not being sexist. I'm literally no, telling it's... you what happened. Yeah. I don't want to get blood on her stuff. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. But if he's like, you know, just going on and on about this or mentioning it, if I just take time and say, head be healed in Jesus name. See what you're going through. I'm fighting for you and I'm and I'm fighting with you through this. Mm-hmm. Then he doesn't mention it again the whole day. Mm-hmm. So the biggest way that we can help set people back into operating in godly character is just to sometimes meet that need if it's not an unhealthy way. Sure. So and I think you know that again, that takes a degree of maturity, knowing what healthy boundaries are, things like that is important. But absolutely, yeah, I think, I mean, that, that makes sense. And a lot of people in that lead worship are susceptible to more susceptible to operating in a Jezebelic spirit, because you want to explain why? Well, worshipers for whatever reason have a tendency to fall into, um, sexual sin, sexual sin for whatever Easier. reason. Yeah. And so that allows an access point for people like some of, you know, I've, I've been part of several worship teams and I know from personal experience that several people on the worship team struggle with either, um, drinking in some capacity, porn or sexual Adultery. sin or something like that. 
so it makes you more susceptible. And I don't know why. And I'm not saying it's that's about the everybody. gift of intimacy that they have to reveal the father's heart. Mm. It's a gift of intimacy that can be perverted. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, um, just something to keep in mind. But three more really important points, I think, that are signs and symptoms that you're operating under it. Not only is what you're saying being twisted, but you really can't, people can't receive what you're trying to communicate. You will hear something that, or you'll hear something that others didn't say. Like, for example, Robin and I were in our bedroom one day and someone else was in our house and we were laughing hilariously at a show because it was hilarious. And (laughs) the person in the other room thought that we were laughing that they were dying. No, I just think Cisco is hilarious. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's when we used to watch the Arrow. But anyway, Flash and Flash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we don't do that now. So, hard thing to quit. <laughs> increase of dreams in your dreams, an increase of being attacked by spiders, octopi, squid, or anything with many arms that has a hand in everything. Tentacles. Mm, yeah. Because Jezebel um, and my mentor, very first person to teach me this when I was walking through a breakup of a past relationship, she explained to me that, that Jezebel, shout out Patty Graham. She explained to me that the spirit of Jezebel was like an octopus that had a, you know, you had to cut off its head or if you just cut off one tentacle, that person would that was operating in it would find their hand back in in your life in a different way because their hand is in a life in your different way. Like for example, with my ex, I had, you know, we were on the same phone plan. So we had to cut everything off and then talk about our phones when the bill was due. It was like there was always one more thing that I had to get rid of after being in a relationship and best friends for six yeah. years, basically. Wow. Um so that's something to keep in mind there. So the only way to deal with a Jezebelic spirit is to cut it, its head off. There's two more things. I have one really good point and then I'm going to be done um, here. Leadership is very detailed and oriented, detail oriented in a controlling manner and a micromanaging manner with unnecessary cause to micromanage. Okay. <laughs> we all know it. We all know it, when it happens. That's for sure. Not being allowed to operate in your calling and giftings or hindered from operating in the callings of the Holy Spirit in an ungodly manner. For example, the Lord had very clearly, I had already started Fireside Grace. The Lord had very clearly called me to go teach at a conference a city over from where I lived. We got there, my friends and I taught, it was called the Consumed Conference, and it just literally, that's what did. We set through the grace of God, we set that city on fire. We were baptizing people in horse troughs outside in the like 30 degree weather. Um, Waitresses there were, waitresses and servers were getting saved. People were uh, operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that never had, like it was a true revival in that city. But then when I came back from that, my pastor was like, I never gave you permission to go do that. And therefore you're in witchcraft. And therefore and then- you're in witchcraft and you're going to be attacked in your body because you're operating in witchcraft. This is what my pastor told me. And I'm like, it's so, like a slight over-exaggeration. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> because they're saying I was in rebellion and rebellion yeah. is as of witchcraft. Are you sure? Yeah. So 
I'm like, I'm pretty sure that a, me operating in witchcraft didn't just teach that person to speak in tongues, get the waitress saved, get the hostess saved, have revival in the streets. We saw and had video legs growing out, hips being replaced, like just crazy miracles from God. And it was so blessed. If I was there with an ungodly motive, God wouldn't have blessed it mm. like that. Yeah. So anyway, just keep yeah. that in mind too. I understand timing. I understand authority, but there's a time and a place for all of it and a right and wrong way to do all of it. So I'm going to wrap up my comments here by saying, I want to, and I want you guys and, and everyone listening to be a part of helping me change the way that we talk about our brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm. I never, you will never hear out of my mouth come there's a Jezebel. I will never say that. I mean, our whole marriage, I haven't said that. You will never see me say she's a Jezebel. Because people that say that, they either have been misinformed or they think they're greater than thou operating in discernment and seeing all and knowing all. Yeah. Or maybe they have good intentions, but you're labeling someone and we're supposed to speak their identity over them. They're calling over them. That's why I love it when Robin says, hey, Brandy, because when he says Brandy, my name means pure refined wine that I bring refreshing like the dawn. Dawn is my middle name. So I bring refreshing like the dawn and, and give hope to people like it's a new day. So when we call someone Jezebel, what are we calling them? You're labeling them. So yeah. I want to encourage everyone listening. If you have been called a Jezebel and no one has helped you overcome that, I would like to apologize to you as a leader in the body of Christ. You are worth fighting for. You are worth being patient and walking through difficult things with. And I truly am sorry for misrepresenting Christ in your life because God wouldn't call us something and not help us through it. Mm. His point and his focus in pointing something out is to help us overcome it. And then to those of you who see it in other people, I encourage you to do the, to do the devotional or even just to pray that verse in Psalm 139 <clears throat> and make sure that, you know, we're taking the log out of our own eye before we walk someone else through it. And that if you see anyone, pray compassion for them until you have it and do not approach them unless you have authority in their life to speak over them like that. And until you have the compassion to see them for what God has called them to do. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just saw a meme the other day. Well, no, it was just like a, a quote from somebody, I guess. And it was, it was, don't use someone else's sin to measure your own holiness. And I was like, oof, ouchie. <laughs> right. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about is, is, is man, we, we have to, I mean, that's even why like Paul's like, I'm the chiefest of sinners, you know? And it was like, there was no one that was like, oh, unless I'm not that guy over there, you know, um, always turning the mirror on ourselves. And that's why, honestly, I love, I love Psalm 139, specifically verses 23 and 24. Like that's a prayer I pray daily um, is, is those two verses, what you're talking about praying. It, it's something that I pray daily uh, because because of that reason, it's so easy to fall into that trap of like, I'm not like them or them or them. Oh, I'm looking, I'm looking pretty good according to this, you know, and it's like, 
man, like our flesh just want, like if we just let our flesh take over, like it, that's what it wants, you know? And, uh, and it's just meaningless. It's pointless. So, um, can you guys do me a favor and just pray for the people as you guys feel led? Sure. Lord, I'd like to thank you for always, always being here for looking at us, for showing us grace and favor and being with each person. And where two or more are touching as an agreement, Lord, you're there with us in the midst. You said if we pray with two or more agreeing, that will happen. Mm -hmm. So we are at least three of us now right here praying in agreement. I just speak to each person's heart right now. Jesus, touch them. Holy Spirit, pour out on them and ignite them with holy fire or whatever. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to manifest that on them in some way that they will know that you are touching them right now. And I just ask that while your hand is upon them, Lord, that you heal their hearts from an, anything that's ever been labeled over them, spoken over them, declaring that they are operating in a Jezebel or this or that, or were Jezebel, anything like that. Or if they have strongholds in their heart where they've been pointing and labeling and blaming people for doing it, Lord, that you will expose and uproot these strongholds. And I just ask that you give us all clarity understanding and discernment of what it will take, what we're, we could be doing to be operating in these traits and characteristics so that we can take that authority back from those things that have created strongholds in our hearts, God. And I speak blessing over your life and healing over your life right now. And I bind every single demonic spirit getting ready to retaliate or strike back or hold a person in captivity. I bind you and break your power right now, and I command you to leave them alone and never come back. Any person who's operating intentionally in this, I am telling you right now, you are free from that spirit. You are healed and whole now in Jesus' name. I loose ministering spirits to go forth and bring you to the knowledge of Jesus, to the feet of Jesus. And I declare here and now that you will be saved in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for everything that you've done for us, that you do for us, for who you are, Lord, everything. And thank you for answering this prayer and showing everybody that the word is true and that you, Father, will receive glory through the Son when these prayers are answered. Amen. Amen. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, how, how can people follow you guys? We're everywhere now. <laughs> Where aren't you? Yeah. We are on uh, Rumble now. It's rumble.com backslash Fireside Grace. We're on YouTube. Just look up Fireside Grace Ministries. Twitter. We started Twitter in hopes that Elon Musk would take over Twitter and it would go back to normal. <laughs> um, and we are on what else? We're on True Social. True Social. Fireside Grace. We're on Facebook. I think she started an Instagram and TikTok for us. And also in our description in our videos, we have um, a P.O. Box, but I don't know what the P.O. Box is offhand. The best way to find us is firesidegrace.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also, I wanted to point out to everybody we're going to have the link in the description for the pre-order for expel the Jezebel and me for the, the devotional. 
it's already there. Michael to the rescue just said it's already there. Or you can just type in, if you're good with the memorizing things, just type in firesidegrace.com and then navigate over to the shop and it's right there. And you can yes, pre-order. that should be available. It's available. We've It's going to be at the publisher. We just have to wait on them to print it and send it to us. So expect about one month from today. Yeah. And one one month-ish. Yeah. Yes. And then we will be soon putting up the ebook version as well, which will be available quicker than the printed version. Awesome. And then all those other links, everybody, the Twitter, Truth Social, I, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. We're going to make sure to put that in the description as well. So Robin and Brandy, thank you guys so much. This is great. I, you guys are a wealth of knowledge and um, I always love just listening to you guys teach. So thank, thank you. you so thank much. Thank you so much thank for this so opportunity. Much. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, that is our show. Have a blessed rest of your Monday. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.